Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. This week, we're going to be jumping. Yeah, jumping, because we're talking about exercise. I hope you're ready for some jazzercise. But if that's not your jam, don't worry. I've got some other options for you as well. Somewhere in our heads, we all know that exercising more is something that we should do, but it feels like the easiest thing in the world to put off. I mean, just because when I look out my window, I can see that it's raining doesn't mean I need to stay on the couch right now. In today's episode, we're going to be learning some of the reasons that exercise is so great for our ADHD brains, how we can work on making it easier to fit exercise into our schedules so that we actually do it, some different ways we can get blood flowing and our hearts beating, and finally, a few things we can do to make sure that we are keeping up with our new exercise routines. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash ADHDgym. Keep on listening to find out more ways that you can get the most out of your ADHD. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know about ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups, which are going to be going into their 20th season. Participating in the coaching groups is one of the big reasons that I got this podcast started. If you'd like to find out more about the coaching groups, go to coachingrewired.com to get invited to their kickoff registration event on February 18th. Just click on the big green button. The groups are a 10-week session that starts on April 8th and goes through June 19th. That link for the kickoff registration event again is coachingrewired.com. Before we get going here, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that I'm not a doctor. And while this episode is a lot about your health, it is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Exercise can put a lot of strain on your system, so make sure you are talking to your doctor before you start a new exercise routine. While exercise is great for everyone, you don't want to push yourself too hard. Be smart and be safe. All right then, let's get started by talking about the benefits of exercise, which on its own is something essential to those of us with bodies, but also incredibly important for those of us with ADHD brains. Since I'm guessing that most of my listeners fit into both those categories, I figured we could talk about both benefits. Before we dive in, I want to really get one point across. We've got this phrase, the mind-body connection, and that idea seems to imply there is some sort of separation between the mind and the body. But that's not really true. Your brain is just as much a part of your body as everything else housed there. We don't have a body-foot connection because we already know that what we do with our body affects our foot, and what we do with our foot affects the body. The same is true of our brains. What we put in our bodies and what we do with our bodies has a direct impact on how our brain functions. Our brains don't like it when we don't exercise because how we feel physically impacts how we feel mentally. This is an important point because it can be tough to differentiate what affects the body physically without also talking about what happens mentally. So what do we actually get out of exercising? One of the common answers is that it can help out your waistline, but not nearly as much as most people would like to think. A quick aside here, If you really want to lose weight, first you need to focus on your diet. And while diet can play a considerable role in ADHD management, that's really outside the scope of this episode. Let's just play it safe by saying you aren't going to outrun a bad diet in the long run. Yes, you might get some good results in the beginning, but eventually those bad eating habits are always going to catch up with you. 
This isn't to say that if you are looking to lose weight, you shouldn't exercise, just that there are more important things to tackle first. Besides weight loss, exercise provides a ton of benefits for everyone. You'll build muscle, you'll increase your energy levels, and you'll reduce your risk to chronic disease by improving your cardiovascular fitness and insulin sensitivity. But wait, there's more! When you exercise, it releases hormones that will enhance your mood, and it will also help you get better sleep at night. While all that is great, what we really want to talk about here is how exercise can help with our ADHD. To do so, I'm going to have to get a little scientific here, and please remember, I am not a doctor. Let's start by talking about neurotransmitters, which, very basically, are the chemical messengers that transmit signals through your brain. There are a lot of different neurotransmitters, but right now, we're interested in dopamine and norepinephrine. Dopamine is important for regulating emotion and plays a significant role in the motivational component of reward-motivated behavior. Norepinephrine enhances the formation and retrieval of memory and also helps focus attention. I don't know about you, but those sound like some dope-ass brain chemicals that are super important for our ADHD brains. And to be clear here, there are a lot more factors involved with our ADHD than just these two neurotransmitters. Exercise can help with our ADHD by increasing both our dopamine and norepinephrine levels. With regular exercise, we can raise our baseline levels of both, and since these chemicals are so crucial for our brain, it becomes, well, a no-brainer that we should be exercising more. But that's the real trick here, huh? We already know that we should be exercising more. It would be great if all we needed was more information on how good for us exercise is, but it really isn't going to get us into the gym any more often, is it? Once we decide we're going to exercise more, we should know how much we actually need to do. Unfortunately, we don't have very good guidelines for exercise just for brain health, but we do have overall guidelines on exercise that we can follow. Here in the U.S., we're recommended to get 150 minutes of moderate activity or 75 minutes of vigorous activity a week, or some combination of the two. If you break that down, that's 30 minutes 5 days a week, or about 22 minutes 7 days a week. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy! Oh, except the part that we're all incredibly busy and it's really easy to put off and I'm tired and I don't want to get on the treadmill for even 5 minutes. Yeah, fitting in 20 to 30 minutes of exercise a day isn't the easiest proposal, especially if you're going from not exercising at all. Anytime we add something to our schedules, something else has to come off, even if it's just time that we'd typically be sitting on the couch. We spend all 24 hours every day doing something, so you can't just add something without giving something else up. We've got to keep this in mind as we work on forming our exercise habits, because if we aren't actually carving out time for exercising, it just isn't going to happen. I know there have been times where I've just tried to sneak in exercise when I could, and inevitably, it never worked. If you want to get serious about exercising, you're going to have to work on implementing the right strategies to make it stick. We talked about habits a few weeks ago in episode 16, Tweaking Your Habits for Better Results, where we talked about the formation of habits and how we don't want to rely on discipline to make us do things. This is especially true with exercise. While exercise has a ton of benefits and often can feel great at the time, it is really easy to skip because it does take a lot of work to do. No matter what kind of exercise you are doing, it is going to require physical effort, and that means relying on willpower to get it done is going to be a bad strategy. At the same time here, I want to make it clear that the act of exercising often isn't actually the habit we're forming. It's too complex of an action to be a habit. Instead, our habit is something like packing our gym bag the night before, or driving straight to the gym after work. 
Our habits are the little things that we do that grind down the resistance to doing the big thing we actually want to do. If we make it easier to just exercise than to not exercise, we're going to win that battle a lot more often. So let's talk a little bit more about ways that we can make exercise a regular habit. Many people find it easier to exercise in the morning, and I like that boost in my neurotransmitters to start off my day. Of course, exercising in the morning isn't going to work for everyone. Maybe it'll be easier to get it in during your lunch hour or right after you get out of work. We just want to make exercising the most natural option for us to do. If you know you aren't going to be able to roll out of bed and go on a run, then don't try to make that your routine. What's important is finding what works for you. And what does it mean to have habits that make exercise easier? Well, let's say you drive to the gym after work and you don't have your gym bag. Are you still going to work out? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, so you'll want to make a habit of taking your gym bag with you when you leave for work. But if you see you haven't packed your gym bag in the morning, are you going to stop and pack it when you're heading out the door? That means you have to add packing your gym bag somewhere in your routine. This might be an easy thing to do right at the end of your evening routine when you lay out your clothes for the next day, or maybe in the morning while you're getting dressed. And then if you want to make that easier, you're going to want the habit of putting your gym bag in your closet when you get home. All of these small habits, when you put them together, they make that next step of actually working out that much easier. I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I've been trying to get some more exercise myself. In December, I hurt my back and haven't been able to be that active recently. Now at the beginning of February, my back is finally at a point where I can do more than just a little bit of walking every day. But fitting a workout into my schedule isn't really easy. I've been tempted to try waking up earlier and doing something before my kids get up, but I've got a pretty good rhythm with my sleep right now, and I don't want to mess that up. This means I've got to get creative with when I work out. So what I've come up with is that I can get a quick workout in right after my wife takes the kids to school and before I head into work. All I have to do is set up the right habits to make sure that happens. And sure, it'll mean I'll be starting my day off a little bit later, but I think I'll be able to make up for it with the boost I get in my mental performance. One of the things that can be hardest when you want to get started with exercise is choosing what you want to do. My go-to answer when someone asks me what the best workout is, is whatever you're actually going to do. It doesn't matter how amazing a workout is if you never do it. What matters is that you get it done. I've been mainly talking about traditional workouts so far, but there are a ton of options for exercising. We don't have to stick to conventional ideas of jumping on a treadmill or an elliptical. Those can be great if that's what's going to get you into the gym, but I know that I'd never be able to stick with an exercise routine if I was only doing that kind of cardio. If we really want to make sure that we're keeping our exercise consistent, we want to keep it interesting. One of my favorite ways to build up a sweat is through sports. Sports are great because they not only push you physically, but they are going to engage you mentally. You actually have to think about what you're doing. Plus, they tend to be a lot of fun. I'm working on joining a Masters Ultimate Frisbee team in March, which, yes, does mean I'm getting old, but it's another reason I'm trying to build up my exercise routine now. Another benefit of sports that's often overlooked is the social aspect. You get to go out and be with people. It can be hard to make sure you're getting a healthy amount of human interaction in your life, and sports can be a great way to make some new friends. Exercise doesn't have to be a slog. Find something that you enjoy doing, because it's about being active rather than just training for something. You've got a ton of options. Here are a few quick ideas. Hiking, tennis, yoga, pickleball, basketball, rock climbing, mountain biking, swimming. Even something like gardening gets you out and active. And again, that's what it's all about, raising your heart rate and creating those good brain chemicals. 
It's easy to get to the end of your day and realize the farthest you've walked is from your couch to your refrigerator. We want to be moving our bodies more than that. And we want to be moving our bodies pretty much every day if we can. So while I'm going to be joining that Frisbee team, I'm not going to be playing Frisbee every day of the week because we're only going to be practicing on Mondays. And also because that would break my body. So I'm going to have to mix things up if I want to hit my exercise goals. Yeah, there might be days that I just do some stuff on the treadmill and catch up on Netflix or take a walk around my neighborhood. It doesn't always have to be the most intense workout. And it actually shouldn't be because it's essential that you get some recovery days in too. And also on that note, if you are just getting started into exercise or coming back from a long break, make sure that you are easing yourself into your program. ADHD can make it easy for us to want to go all in and do all of the things. But if you're going to keep up your exercise for more than just a week or two, you're going to want to start slow. Sure, the recommendations are for 20 to 30 minutes a day, but you don't need to start there. In the beginning, work on the habit of getting to the gym or putting on your running shoes. Those are the things that are going to be the most important for keeping up your exercise in the long run. Before we finish up today, I just want to give everyone a few quick ideas for how to make getting your exercise in more of a priority. One great method is through something called habit bundling. The idea here would be to form your habit through some reward system that you get while exercising. I mentioned jumping on the treadmill and watching Netflix earlier. That would be a form of habit bundling, but only if you watch Netflix only while you are on the treadmill. This system falls apart if you unbundle them, so you're going to have to be specific about what you're bundling. A great option might be to have a particular show that you only watch at the gym. Or, if you like to read, maybe you could rent a gym locker and keep a book you're reading at the gym. For about a year, I did all my workouts in my garage while watching the show Dragon Ball Z. Sure, it's kind of trashy, but it was definitely fun to pretend I was training to go Super Saiyan. And we went over earlier about how making it fun is going to give you more of an incentive to do it. As I said, I'm a big fan of sports, but another option is to take an exercise class. This can be tricky for us sometimes because I've definitely put money down on something with the idea that because I spent money on it, I was more likely to get my butt to the class. Sometimes that works, and sometimes I just feel guilty about not only wasting money, but also not going to the class, which, you know, makes me feel worse and even more like not going. What I've found that works a lot better is using an accountability system. This is why classes can be great, because when you're doing it with other people, that can create accountability. But if I don't know anyone in the class, it's pretty easy for me to hide in my introvert shell and then never show up again. Looking at you, CrossFit Jim, I only went to twice. So try and bring a friend. Episode 9, Compassionate Ass-Kicking for the Win, was all about how you can create accountability in your life, and I find that I do really well with accountability for exercise. If I tell someone that I'm going to be at the gym at a particular time, then I'm definitely going to be there. Sure, it's going to take me a few reminders to make sure I get out the door on time, but I really don't like letting people down. Hmm, that might say something about how people have reacted to my ADHD in the past and something about overcompensating. But anyway, exercising is important, and you don't have to do it alone. Pretty much everyone I know could use a little bit more exercise in their life, and they could probably use some help too. If you can't meet in person, maybe you could send a selfie to your buddy every time you're at the gym. Another great form of accountability can come from tracking your workouts. You've got a ton of options for that on your digital devices. But it doesn't have to be fancy. Pen and paper are a great way of tracking things as well. And a great thing about tracking your workouts is that it's a great way to create some accountability. You could form a group online and share your workouts there and support each other along the way. Or you could simply reward yourself for hitting your workout goals. Just make sure your rewards are helping with your goals and not pushing you away. 
maybe a massage instead of that ice cream sundae. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode, and if you did, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review on your podcast player. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Exercise is a great way to increase the levels of the neurotransmitters dopamine and norepinephrine in our ADHD brains. 2. You want to try and get in 20 to 30 minutes of exercise each day, but if you're just starting out, make sure you're trying to ease into your routine. 3. Find a type of exercise that you find fun and switch it up sometimes. A great way to do this is through sports and classes. 4. Build in some accountability for your exercise routines. Make sure that you keep them going. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you've got feedback, I'd love to hear it. I read everything, and I'm actually getting better at responding. So if you've written in, thank you. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD, or you can connect with me over at HackingYourADHD.com contact. If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also like to know that on the second Tuesday of every month at 10 a.m. Pacific, I join the other members of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network for a live Q&A. Eric Tivers of ADHD Rewired and Brendan Mahan of ADHD Essentials. You can register by going to ADHDrewired.com slash events. The next one is coming up on February 11th. It's been a pleasure, and until next time, stay curious. Thank you.